0: This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of I Want to Matter Your Life is Too Short and Too Precious to Waste. Written and narrated by New York Times bestseller Kathy Lee Gifford. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks.
1: Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church. This is Pass the Mike. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike: Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by the Witness, a Black Christian Collective. I'm your host Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Burns Clan. Follow at your own risk. And joining me, as always, is the founder of the Witness. Very extensive bio. The man, the myth, the legend. The two-time best-selling author, Mister Check, verified himself, Doctor. Jamar Tisby with the Kente cloth. What's going on, brother?
0: You see how you adapted that intro? Very extensive bio. Yeah. What, hey, man, I'm adding. I keep, I got
1: to keep adding to it. I got to keep tweaking it. By the time, <laughs> by the time we get to like year 10 or 15, it's going to be like it's be uh, half the episode. It's going to be half the episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I feel like I need to do. <gasps> and And it's true because I feel like I need to do this because you have such an accomplished, successful life. Like, if you think about what you've done and, and you what you- see the
0: crazy, the wild eyes. I'm but having,
1: it's like, true though, right? If you <laughs> think about it, if you think about best-selling author, if you think about founding an organization like The Witness, MDiv, doctorate, I mean, you are, when I think of successful people around me that I'm like, yo, I kind of want to be like this person. You are at the top of that list, right? Aim higher. Don't be cry. Don't be crying. Don't. I see that little tear slipping <laughs> yeah, down right. the corner of your eye. You get emotional, like man, I didn't even know you thought of me like that, man.
0: <laughs>
1: and so it's really interesting because it seems like there is a just a mass of people who are doing so well right now, mm. and you're doing well too. And it's different for me than it is for you. But I'm just curious. How do you take that? Like, how do you feel? It seems like everybody's winning right now. Or everyone's only sharing their wins. <laughs> right, right. It's like yeah, two different things, right? Everybody's winner. Everybody's the only sharing their wins. Image, yeah. Like, how do you, how do you handle that? How do you deal with that?
0: I mean, it's probably like everybody else in the sense of you see all the ins and outs of your life and everything that's not going well or everything that's still beyond your reach and you're still striving for. So. That's how I feel. You know, I'm very proud of what I've been able to achieve and accomplish at a relatively early stage in my professional career, so to speak. But, you know, it's really interesting that, I don't know, I, I imagine other folks still wrestle too with a feeling of, of wanting more and Mm. not having what you, what you really desired yet.
1: You know, and this is, this is really interesting because I, what I'm getting ready to ask you, I don't want it to come across a certain way, but this is what <laughs> people have, have said to me, and I've been like, what? But but essentially, this is what I'm trying to ask you. Do you ever look around and, and get competitive?
0: Oh, yeah. Do you
1: get competitive?
0: Yes. I'm I'm very competitive in a in a in a sly way, right? Like I don't huh. I don't come out and challenge like people to, I'll finish the race before you. No, it's, right. that's not the kind of competition. It's just like okay that's a that's a standard you know hmm. some somebody achieved this that the other that's a that's a that's a high bar can i meet it can I meet it or beat it? Hmm. so it's more of an internal whatever but yeah that 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 that's part
1: it feels odd to be competitive in the kingdom of God right like right. it just feels and and not even trying to be like it feels odd like we're we're all one and it's collaborate no I'm not trying to be like jesus, juke can y'all I'm just saying doesn't it feel kind of Strange because I feel this when it comes to pastoring. Uh, of course. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. I feel this when it comes to, to pastoring. And it's not that I'm trying to feel it. It's just you get in this space where you're like, I feel, I feel as though I could measure up to that. Yeah. I feel as I can meet that. Yeah. And people are like, look at this person. And I'm like, yes, dope hmm now how can I you know right 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 right. and and that's a key part of it right the first part of it is there's a level of inspiration and then the second part of it is there's a level of applause and attention and so it's inspiration or attention that could be driving you and I think that actually gets into the motives of why you should or shouldn't be competitive right and so I it feels weird to say that as passes, but passes don't really talk openly about that.
0: <laughs> no, but
1: passes are some competitive, narcissistic human yes, beings. Yes, unfortunately, yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Is that human. being too honest? Because they're, <laughs>
0: they're human beings. Because they're human beings. We you know? are.
1: We are human beings, and it is a problem. And Christians and, are competitive,
0: yes. and oh yes, yeah. So, uh, as an author, as a writer, right? Like I'm looking at you know book sales, or right. they got that interview, or they got Podcasts. you know published in this out outlet, all that. Stuff. organizations yeah and then you have social media which like increases it just increases your knowledge like there are some times when I have to sort of self-regulate And get off social media, not Mm. really because of what a lot of people are talking about, like the toxicity of it, the, the trolling of it or whatever. But I'm seeing everybody's wins and I'm like, man, I should be working. I should be working Mm. harder. I Mm. should be achieving at this level. It's that, it's that, it's that jealousy. It's that envy, right? And when I feel that rising up in my Mm. spirit, when I can't be happy for somebody else's success, that's when I'm like, okay, gotta, gotta shut the app, gotta go, go do something else. So we're talking about
1: vocations, professions. We're talking about this as institutional leaders and organizational leaders and people with platforms or whatever that may be. Do you think we feel this in our community, like Hmm. in the black community? Hmm.
0: Like, is this a thing? Yeah, wow. Now you mm. –
1: I mean, and I want to universalize it because a lot of people listening might be saying, well, I don't identify with this at all. Do you feel this when it comes to like the everyday person – the person who is navigating life, who is trying to figure it out, who is raising their family and, you know, loving their, their spouse and, you know, trying to get a promotion on a job or in a, in a local church. Do you think we, it, this is, this exists in our community as well?
0: It's, is really deep. So that, yeah, I mean, short answer is yes, it exists in our community. And the question is like, why? And then. Right. How does That's it show my
1: it? question. Yeah. Like, why? Because. I can understand it in our sense and I can cognitively understand it, but experientially and in solidarity. Why compete? Because we're we us, we all we got, you know, right, like right, that whole right, right. that whole mentality, but it gets tested, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting, right? Like so when President Obama was elected, mm-hmm. that was like a victory for black people yes. across the, the country, right? In the sense of whether you supported his policies or politics right. But in the sense of a black person ascended to the highest political office in the nation with a history of enslaving us and denying us the right to vote and all of those odds and obstacles against us. Then you see somebody who looks like you, comes from a similar cultural yeah. or background or historical situation as you, making it and succeeding. And you can remember in 2008 at the inauguration and people crying and weeping that that this had – act so there's – that sense in the black community of sort of collective celebration and communal celebration when one yeah. of us makes it. But I think the more on the ground reality, cause that's like, a you know, you, just, you'll never be president. So right. It's
1: not I mean, like, it's like, you, you could be president, but I mean, most of us. We and know. I think that that,
0: that <laughs> might be closer to, to why there's that impact is because with other situations, you feel like you could be that.
1: Right. And yes. that's where the jealousy, yes. that's where
0: the envy, that's where the competition comes in. Yes. It's not that, it's not, I'm not envious of LeBron James. I don't right. <laughs> right, LeBron right. James, right? Uh, right. But, you know, another writer, another podcaster, sure. another pastor, whatever, somebody sort of in your sphere or who's achieving things or at levels that you want to, or you could see yourself, you can envision yourself in that place. That's what I think creates that competition.
1: You know what I've found that's been really interesting? Um, I think this may be because I'm a pastor, but I've, I've discovered this in my own life as well, is that when we talk about comparison and when we talk about, oh, avoid comparing yourself to others, I find that people are not easily comparing themselves based upon results or based upon accomplishments. But oftentimes what really bothers us is that people are comparing themselves based upon ease. It looks like it's not so much that they did it, it's that they made it look easy.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And it's not so much that they accomplished it, it's like it was second nature to them. It feels like it was effortless. Mm. And I feel like there is such a sense of, of competition and comparison
0: because we struggle so hard. To get so little. Yes. That's that saying, you know, work twice as hard for half as much. And then when someone wins
1: and they make it look, e- even if it's not, even if you know it's not, they make it look so smooth. And you're like, dang, really?
0: And you want <laughs> what what has maybe taken them years yeah, to achieve. And and you want it now.
1: And it's not even that you're mad at them. Right. It's that you're like, I want ease. mm I want the pressure to be released. And so I don't necessarily have to be as accomplished as this person, but this person seems happy. They figured it out. They figured it yeah. out. That's it. Yeah. And I find that that on the ground, that's what people really struggle with. Families and parents don't struggle with the fact that someone else's kids necessarily have more. Here's where the comparison comes in. Their family looks so happy. Hmm. Like they just look like their kids just, and you know, it's not real, but when you see it, it does something to you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, their rhythm looks so organized. Like, oh, they were able to take a trip and they documented it. And it looks like they don't have any pictures of like kids clawing other kids eyes out. Look at them on the beach in matching right, and matching outfits. Right. And matching outfits and on, and like, oh, they have their customs and they have this. And it's like, I found that's actually been more of, the temptation for people to be competitive and to compare because mm-hmm. I think they're adjacent mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. be, to compare first and then be competitive yep. to get.
0: Yep. Yep. And there's a the sense in which you want it to be easy for yourself, but there's also the sense in which, even if you know it's hard for them and you know, it's hard for you, you're like, I worked just as hard, but I didn't get what they got. Hmm. So I put in as many hours. I've thought about it as much. I've studied as much, but I didn't get the recognition or the level of achievement they got. So why them and not me kind of a thing.
1: And you're not even necessarily, here's here's something I've learned is that people oftentimes are not mad at the other person.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: It's not even necessarily that they're mad at the other person or that they're rooting for their downfall or that they're rooting for them to fail. Although some of us do that. (laughs) Sometimes, yes. Right. Which is something we need to unpack. But I don't necessarily think it's that. I think it's more of like You know, I would love to have the same pathway Mm. and I would love to have the same opportunity Mm. and I would love to get a shot. Yes. Because then there's another, that's the other side of it, right? Just give me a shot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let me
1: get one second. Let me get like one opportunity. Let me get one chance. Right. You know, put me in the game once and see what happens. And it
0: seems so out of your control. Yes. Yes. It seems like you got to know the right person. You have to catch the right break. And that's when, and then there's a snowball effect, right? So so when you sort of have one door of opportunity open or achieve one thing, then the next thing comes and the next thing comes and the next thing right, comes. Right. It's just how it works. But you're like, but how do you get to that first point? Right. How do you get to that first thing that leads to the next one and the next one and the next one? And I'm not mad that these other folks got it. I'm just like, I want my shot too. Why don't we talk about this more? Why is this a a taboo topic? It is is like taboo because
1: we don't want to admit it. And I think there's also this level of we're afraid people are going to assume that the people who we've said something about and praised, it's been inauthentic.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I don't think that's the case. I do not think it's a conscious thing. I do not think we're sitting back saying, well, you know what? I hope he's number three, not number one. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think we honestly sit back and say that. I think there's this level of what is in us that makes us think that only, only they can make it and I can't. Right. That if they make it, I, I talk about this all the time, but this, that black boy fly Kendrick Lamar episode, um, or song, Kendrick Lamar song. And he's like, if, if a fly low made it, Uh, who's a basketball player at UCLA? If the game made it, then I know that it's only a certain number of guys is going to get out of here. So when they made it, I'm like, uh, spots taken. Right. When he made it, I'm like, it's a spot taken. Yes. That's a spot taken. And so you feel like in this season, it's only so many. I was having this conversation with somebody recently and, um, they were talking to me about an opportunity and they were, and it's kind of like a, it's not that there are limited opportunities, but we laugh. We say, oh
0: no, they spent their black budget. Uh, it, <laughs> exactly, they're like, ah, they spent exactly. their black budget. Like, it's, it's over. So that's the distinct thing in particular about being black and looking at Yes. This. Yes. It's like there's a set number of Negroes they're going <laughs> to put on a platform, they're going to put on the spotlight. And once that's. They meet that quota, it ain't no more spots left. You're gonna have to wait till somebody dies or gets canceled or whatever, you know. (laughs) You gotta wait for your turn, right? And so that leads to, I do think in the black community, this sort of sharp elbowed, unhealthy, Mm. like, I'm competing for this spot. And it's really a function of white supremacy because we're like waiting for, these predominantly white institutions or white controlled institutions or gatekeepers to recognize us, to to elevate us, you know, like we need that from um, them.
1: Unpack that. That's really deep. So, unpack why that's that's a function of white supremacy.
0: I mean, there's a sense in which, like, everything we do as black people for us, by us, to other black people is JV. And you only really make it when you've made it on the white man's platform. Hmm. Um, so, you know, in the early days of the witness, it was, it was that right. Unless we got on these, you know, particular conferences or these particular websites, which were predominantly white, then you were invisible or what you were doing wasn't really at the highest level yet. And one of the big turns that we've been making, I think this is like a constant sort of decision you have to make in, in any kind of work is that. We don't need their recognition to be legitimate. Right. And we can do high quality, impactful, important work, whether or not white people recognize it, whether or not white people platform us, whether or not white people elevate us on their outlets. But why is it that we want that elevation?
1: Because I think there's something deeper, right? Because when you say it's not just the the plea for legitimacy Mm -hmm. and the stretch of legitimacy, it's also... It's almost akin to the same reason why there was the desegregation of schools, right? Because there was there was access,
0: yeah, you know, yeah.
1: <laughs> and there access are resources that we know they have over there, That's that real. we don't have over here. That's very real. And so, if we get in, maybe we can figure out the game. Yeah. And then not just for ourselves, but for others. for others. Yes. You know, if we get in there, and that's that's how I've like you know you, you start to justify that when you get certain speaking engagements. You're like, what if I figure this out, then I can bring this back here, and now you know, well, then I can I do mean, this, look, then I can
0: do that. If I'm really real, like that's true to yes, an extent. It is. It like, is. yeah, the the most money, the the biggest platforms, the whatever, right? Because it's mainstream. In the United States, what is mainstream is often coded as white. And so if you want to get mainstream access, whether that's just, you know, a bigger platform to spread your message or mainstream access in terms of resources as well, you do have to go through these certain channels. Um, but I think the, the, the really kind of spiritual question is whether that level or that kind of access is really what's most important. So can you do the work you're called to do and not necessarily be mainstream, not necessarily be on everybody's mind, right? But you're still doing good work and the work that you should do. But are you content to have it at a certain level because keeping it at that level actually gives you the sort of credibility in the work that you're doing yes
1: yes yes okay let's take a break we're gonna come back and, and unpack that a little bit more uh because i have some questions and some thoughts on that
0: Tyler, you know what's wild? October 2021 marks the 10 year anniversary of The Witness. A decade of this ministry, bro.
1: 10 years, a decade of blogs and podcasts and events. I'm so excited, man, to celebrate 10 years. You know what? I think it's time to do another push for our Patreon community. I'm because saying. Because after 10 years, our Patreon community needs to blow up. It needs to explode. Yes,
0: yes. You know what I was just thinking a great anniversary gift would be? Hmm. If you became a patron and go to patreon.com forward slash pass the mic.
1: Yes, just for $1 per episode, you can continue to fund the next 10 years yes, of The, the Witness. Next the next 10, 10 years. years of I like all the these great podcasts and events and conferences go to patreon.com forward slash pass the mic and give just one dollar per episode and let's get us up to 200 patrons because if not i'm gonna quit the show oh boy thank here y'all we so go. much i appreciate it Link. So Jamar, I feel like at the end of the last segment, what you did is you really challenged the matrix, (laughs) right? Like you revealed the matrix, like you, you challenged this idea. You were, you were asking the question. Yes, it may be true that if we go over there and we do this, and if we beat someone out, we might have more opportunities. Or if we um, get this spot instead of someone else, we might have this, or we get this spot along with someone else. We might have that. Why do we want that to begin with? Right, 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 (laughs) right,
0: right. Back it up a step. What,
1: what is the, what is in us that makes us want that to begin with? And I think that, that is something we have to ask ourselves. Okay. On the ground, this family has it all together. This family has a great rhythm or this church has something that I really love and enjoy seeing or this professional is using the tool and he's getting wrecked. Well, why do I want that? Why is that appealing to me? And why? What? What about them makes makes me say I need that, or I Mm -hmm, desire that, mm -hmm. or that's something that I should have?
0: I think we should make a distinction, right? Like a healthy family is something everybody should want, right? There are, oh, one hundred percent. There are things out there that are good and virtuous that, when we see it, it's attractive. And it's designed to be that, right? Like, like according to scripture, the the, the church should be a community that is attractive to people. I yes. want to be loved like that. I want to be known like that. I want to have a community I can trust like that. So, um, I think there are good and virtuous things that are designed by their very nature to be beautiful and therefore attractive in that sense. But I think what we're talking about more so is.
1: Being attracted to the image
0: of it. To images. (laughs) Yeah. And, and to particular sort of a lot of times it's material, you know, whether it's a house or money or a job, whatever that kind of thing is where we need to question the matrix because that's, Mm. that's those are, those are very worldly values that we elevate to the top of the thing. Right. Hmm. As opposed to, you know, what, what if it, what if it, cause here's often the trade off. What if a healthy family means you don't make as much money and you don't work as many mm. hours? Hmm. What if a healthy body means that?
1: Yeah, what if it means you're not in the pictures? Yeah. Or what if it means you're not at the event?
0: If your name is not on the list. Right.
1: What if yes. that's what it means to get to that
0: place? That's right. Or
1: what if it means that's that's the case for years? Yeah. And then it happens. Yeah
0: what if what if what if going about it the right way, the values driven way is the longer path hmm. with the l- less certain outcome hmm. because there are formulas in certain areas where you check this box, check that box, pull this lever, and it leads to different kinds of success exposure resources, but it's not necessarily the thing that that you you can do with integrity hmm. So these are the tough tough choices. Th- that's right? a really really good question. <laughs> these are really I mean, you can grow your really church through different things, yes, right? You can. There are different tactics if you want to call it that. But it may not actually be leading to spiritual maturity. Right. Right. I get a lot of people in the seats. Yeah.
1: But what did I do to get them in the seats? And if what I did can't be sustained? <laughs> and if it's unwise to begin right. with? What good is getting them in the seats?
0: Yeah. Exactly. So I I, I actually have to take this to, to scripture. Oh, all come right? on. Take it to the scripts. The basics. You know what? we? I don't even know, but I just feel like we give short shrift to one of the most straightforward things, maybe because it's familiarity, but the Ten Commandments, y'all. Mm. The Ten Commandments are a rich source wow, of moral and ethical guidance way back. so. So we're talking about competition. We're talking about jealousy. And, and so in, in the Bible, another term that we'll use for it is covet. So, um, one of the commandments, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife his, or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor. Now I'm about to make Tyler mad because now I'm going to go what? to the Westminster confession. Oh, <laughs> see, here you go. <laughs> In the catechism, rather. So so it says, um, <sighs> what are the duties required in the 10th commandment? So they list yes. the commandments and then they unpack what that actually means in practice. And I find it so helpful sometimes. It says, the duties required in the 10th commandment are such a full contentment with our own condition and such a charitable frame of the whole soul toward our neighbor as that all our inward motions and affections touching them tend unto and further all that good which Hmm. is his. What are the sins forbidden in the 10th commandment? Commandment. The sins forbidden in the 10th commandment are discontentment with our own state. Envying and grieving at the good of our neighbor together with all inordinate motions and affections of anything that is his. Yes. Yes. In Those me, phrases. Agree, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. At the good. At the good of the Full neighbor. contentment with our own yes. condition. Um, anything that tends toward the good, which is rightfully our neighbors.
1: You know, I think people need to hear this because I think sometimes we, we miss this and those of us who do have platforms, small as they may be or whatever, we just don't tell you. I had, I spoke at Q Ideas earlier this year. And speaking at Q Ideas, it was a very nice, attractive video. Um, it was very professionally well done <laughs> in terms of the video. Um, and so it made people think, Oh man, you, you made it. Mm-hmm. And I had people say that. Yeah. We, and you know, Pensacola it's like the, this. If you, if you show up in a place like that, or if you show up in any place where it's like, you know, I spoke at Howard a few months ago. You, know, you show up there, like, you made it. We made it. Yeah, you know that's like Pensacola's like whole mentality, right? Um, let me tell you, it was not as glamorous behind the scenes as. <laughs> Imagine that. You w- know what happened? Well, no, it wasn't so much that. It was, it was, it was almost as if. Um, and it was nothing negative per se, but it was, it was more like you did it and then it's done and yeah. it's not like oh wow right it's not what you think it is once you're done that's with right it. that's right that's right and it's not what you think it is in terms of access so after that i posted it and people have said positive things about it and um one of my friends he said how many speaking engagements did you get from that and i said um and which is a reality because you know it's, we we need to eat And so he's like, bro, how many speaking engagements? You you probably got a lot of speaking engagements for that. I said, no, I didn't. Hmm. And it was kind of like a moment where I sat back. I was like, oh, yeah, I actually didn't. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's like because of the content that I had. But here's the thing. I told him, I said, I didn't want it. But now that you mention it, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> why
1: didn't that happen? Yeah, yeah. well, you know,
0: what happened? I thought it was okay. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it was
1: something I'm being very honest because I think people need to hear this is number one, it's not what you think it is. And then number two, it's actually not, it doesn't always lead to what you think it leads to. No, it doesn't. And then it doesn't always change your life like how you think it changes your life. Right. right. And I've had uh, numerous connections and all kinds of things. People are like, Oh my goodness. This, and once they find out, it, I'm, it, it makes me laugh because they think I'm different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm saying behind the scenes, it's not what you think it is. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good for people to have the myth dispelled yes. and destroyed.
0: Yes. So and, and and a lot of times that comes through that experience, right? Like you, you hustle, you strive, you work hard yes. to get to this point, whatever that thing is, right? And then you get there and it's not so much disappointing as it's just not everything you thought it would be, which is its own form of disappointment. But the sure. thing is still good. It's still, you're glad you got there. But I I I think of Ecclesiastes, right? And King Solomon say, I did this, I did that, I had all this, I experienced all that. Yes. And then at the end of the day, vanity of vanities, vanity, of everything vanities. is vanity, you know? Because, and I think the perspective is, is not that, oh, nothing matters. It's just that those things didn't give me what I thought they would give me. And they weren't designed to. They weren't designed to. They never were.
1: And and so, and this is why we're kind of going back to the root of this. Because if that's the case and we know that and we can acknowledge that and we embrace that, now when I see you succeed, mm. when I see my brother or my sister advance, it hits different for me. Yeah. Now I'm not living and dying with the fact that they advance quicker than me. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I know my race and I know I have a place and I know that God gave me a purpose. And if God gave me that purpose and I know that whatever we're striving for, the image of it will inevitably disappoint us in some way.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: The image of it will inevitably disappoint us. And if I know that, then that helps me to celebrate you better and love you more fully and also be content in the celebration. Now I'm no longer grieved by the good Right. But I'm content and I'm celebratory at the same time.
0: And that image you're talking about, I think in biblical terms, that's that's essentially idolatry.
1: Yes. Because it's this
0: image of something good that you think is going to deliver something ultimate, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but it can't, and it Mm -hmm. was never designed to, and only God can do that, Mm -hmm. right? And so when you elevate that thing, which can never give any sort of ultimate satisfaction, Mm -hmm. it becomes a form of idolatry. I think also- Going to those places. Some people, by God's grace, don't have to like work themselves to the bone to get to the place to realize it's not what they thought it was. Right. That ain't my testimony. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you know, for me a lot of times and, and especially recently, it's been like hustle, hustle, hustle. I would say the past. I mean, honestly, my whole adult working life, cause working at a quote-unquote, no excuses, public school, 10, 12, 14-hour days on the regular. And then going from that to seminary, but not just being a student, starting uh, African-American Leadership Initiative, The Witness, and then podcasts and all of that stuff, and then PhD and writing books. So it's been Mm -hmm. hustle, 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 so I could reach these places or achieve these goals. Right, And then recently it's like, okay, I got that. And actually here's one thing is the door of opportunity was opened to me in a particular way. Hmm. And five, six years ago, it would have been like leap at the chance. And I actually like got one foot in the door Hmm. and it was like, you know what, everything that I think this opportunity will bring me, it will bring me, but at what cost? Hmm. And my values slowly are shifting to where that notoriety or that public recognition isn't as important as being able to have a sustainable pace. Right. Isn't as important as being able to spend time with my wife and my child. Hmm. Isn't as important as being able to call up family members and friends, right? Right. Right. And that stuff sometimes just comes with age, you know, right. and maturity. But I think that's a that's like a the upside down kingdom. Hmm. It's a it's a, it's a it's a flipping of values. It's God's economy, not yes. the world's economy. Yes. yes, and that changes a lot yes. in terms of envy yes. and competition. It does, and I think it
1: also frees us um, to realize. And I think this is something we need to realize: is that every good thing that we do has this temptation in it. Yeah. Every area. Yeah. Every area. It, it, in the pursuit of justice, in the um, correction of the church, in leading a church, in friendship, in marriage, in relationships, in dating, in parenting, literally everything we do mm. has this temptation in it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good for us to hear and uh, know that there are other ways, goals are good and there are other ways to achieve them. Mm-hmm. Say that. Goals are really great. I think we should have them. I think we should have measurable, you know, measurable um results of how we're doing. But there's dozens of ways to get to the place we yeah. think. Yeah. A- and here's what I found. What I found is, um, I- I'll give you... <laughs> Well, I won't give you the full insider, but here's what I found. What I thought was going to be, oh, this is this is it, disappointed me. Mm-hmm. Or I was just like, oh, it wasn't really what I thought. But then that led to something else.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right? Yep, yep. That led to something else that was smaller, but fulfilling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I felt like God met me there.
0: Right. Right. And
1: I said, oh. So, it, it wasn't the big stage. Yeah. It was- it was the private moment. Right. And the private moment with the smaller crowd was actually more life-giving, rewarding, and marked me better than
0: the mm, bigger stage. Mm. But
1: the bigger stage got me there. The, yes. Yeah. Right? Like, so, it, it It get the little – and so, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. So, it was – Um, there was an opportunity based upon the Q event. And this is after my friend asked me this. There was an opportunity to speak at Howard. Mm. And – the reason is because of a relationship and a connection and a friendship that I had with someone who works there and who's been on the show. And, um, and I sent him this to get his feedback. So I sent him the video to get his feedback because I was like, Hey, I just want to, you know, we were having a conversation. He's like, Yeah, it's me. Some of your speaking clips. Like I haven't seen you in a while. So send it. He's like, you know what? You need to speak at this event.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah.
1: Right. And it was just like, oh, I wouldn't have had the opportunity if I didn't step yep. up. So the yep. stage wasn't the thing, but it was what was behind the stage. Mm-hmm. 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 And so was the was the Howard event like something that was, oh, it was all over the, the news and everything. Was it was it all over social? No, it was private. Right. Like it was registration. Yeah. But it was one of the most beautiful events mm. that I've ever been a part of. Mm. The spirit of God was there. Even on Zoom. It was unreal. Mm was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. It marked me. And and so now getting to, to participate in that based upon that. It was like, well, I didn't get all the I didn't hop on the evangelical circuit, which I wouldn't have wanted to do anyway, right. but I didn't hop on some speaking circuit. Right. Right. God said, "Go go and sit amongst your people. I'll facilitate and use this one opportunity to get you in the door with your people so that you can share with them." And you can have communion with them, and now going from majority white House to majority black audience, right now I'm among my people, and it gave me that opportunity and so no is it you know people are people are making tons of money out here, yeah, it's not me yeah, <laughs> yeah. that ain't my to- that ain't my story, that ain't my testimony, okay, that's fine, but that right there is going to mark and change the way that I minister for years to come,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and so there's a bunch of ways to get. There, wherever there may be, right, right. You just,
0: you just don't know. And I mean, that's the beautiful thing about the way God works is that nothing is wasted, hmm. big or small. Whatever we do, nothing is wasted. Um, you've been talking about Howard a lot, and I think I actually think HBCUs are kind of the perfect illustration of this whole principle that we're talking about because HBCUs, not a one of them, is considered an Ivy League. HBCUs mm. universally are less well-funded than historically white colleges and universities, especially the most well-known and highly ranked ones, right? right? Right, But if you talk to so many people who have gone to an HBCU... Oh, yeah. Absolutely rave about it because it wasn't about yes. the us news and world report rankings it wasn't about <laughs> right, the right. size of the endowment right. it was about the fellowship the camaraderie the affirmation the cultural education yes. the 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 feeling of being in this group with a history right yes. and i often look back and i'm like wow i wonder where i'd be and what kind of person i would be had i gone to an hbcu right Instead of a university that had less than 5% black Americans. Right? <laughs> right, right, right. So, I mean, you know, you can have good experiences wherever you can go. You can have bad experiences at an HBCU, right? But it's, it's one of those and things. And you can still be
1: competitive there too. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing, yes. right? You're seen as, and, and so I wrote about this in, in you know, how to fight racism, right? Like mm-hmm. this, how black athletes in particular, could totally flip the script, and this isn't my idea, others have talked about this, but could totally flip the script if they took their talents to HBCUs. Right. Instead of so often the most elite, whether athletes or scholars, choose the predominantly white, historically white university or college right. because of the resources, because of the platform, because of the stage, because of the weight room, because of the lab, whatever it right. might be. Right, right. Um, and it's this cycle mm-hmm. where if the the folks who have so much potential from our community continue to go to these predominantly white institutions, mm-hmm. they continue to elevate the platform of those institutions. Yes, which then yes. makes means the HBCUs, the predominantly black don't have the resources, not the talent, don't have the resources or are excluded from the same opportunities, right?
1: Right. And I I mean, hey, let's let's get even more applicable. Hey, if you're a black pastor,
0: hmm, okay. I
1: know you might make more money at the white church or the multi-ethnic church, but perhaps you could say no to that and go and do the hard work at the church you grew up in. Or a, a black church or a black-led church, and you might have to take a step back on social media and your followers may not understand why you're going from a big church to a small church, but there might, <laughs> you might benefit that space way more than you think and know, because, and that space might benefit you way more than you think and know,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because
1: you're- it's the same principle. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, yes,
0: yes, absolutely. <laughs> and,
1: and so and so, it's like, don't think of it in that same way because you're trying to get to the top.
0: There, hey, there is no top. And so I talked earlier about like value shifting and that leads to different choices and you're not as eager or anxious to reach whatever. Pl- in particular, some of the values that I think for me are shifting because it's an ongoing process is – Going where you're celebrated, not tolerated. Absolutely. Which For sure. we often talk about on the on the podcast. And
1: let me just say something here because people have have, have pushed back on the statement. Let me just say this. Being celebrated doesn't mean you're not challenged. It means your your dignity and your your humanity is affirmed on a base level. Right. So that you do not have to prove that you are a person. Right. And so that you can actually be fully engaged with your full dignity and your full embodied self. That's what it means to not be tolerated and instead be celebrated. That doesn't mean, oh, you don't go to any places and there's no challenge and you just want to be applauded and affirmed. No, that's not what that means. I don't even think that's
0: possible. But that's it's not possible.
1: <laughs> that's not what that means. But people have, have used that and twisted it. So go ahead.
0: Yeah, and, and in in the context that we're talking, it's often related to to topics and issues around race. Right. So it's like go to places. The point is, you don't have to be at places where your daily struggle, your daily battle is to try to prove to people the opposition and the difficulty of racism or even the existence of racism in some places, right? And going to places where that's assumed, your dignity is assumed as a baseline minimum, and you can actually focus on whatever work there is to do, right? So that's that's one of the things. but But what often goes with that is the smaller venue, the smaller paycheck, less recognition. Because in those places that are often least conducive to our dignity, those are often the biggest platforms. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) And so so then going toward a place that's Hmm. healthier for you could mean being content with something that doesn't externally look as successful or as big or as flashy yes
1: yes and i think you know it just we have to challenge the entire frame of the conversation which is i know you feel like this person or these people have had more opportunities than you and maybe they've gotten there quicker according to time and chronological standards but it's all an illusion all of it like it's all intangible and so when we're sitting up here saying, this person is further, what is further? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> how how far are you in your race is the question. How far are we in our race? How successful are we running um, for what God has called for us to do and not for anybody else? And so I think it just should free us. Like I really want to speak this word of freedom because we're hesitating and celebrating people and applauding people and putting them on and and publicly acknowledging them because we're afraid that it's going to lead to something else mm. and it's going to take abolish the scarcity mentality yes like we we serve an abundant god yes we are in an abundant kingdom you know and the abundance that god has for us is for everyone there are no limited spots There's room for everybody (laughs) to win. We can all flourish in the ways God has intended for us to flourish. Yes,
0: in the way God has intended for us. So for me, it comes back to this idea of contentment. Being at peace with what God has for you, which doesn't mean don't have goals. Oh, no. God can have more for you than what you're experiencing right now. Absolutely. Exceedingly abundantly. Look. Right. (laughs) But being content with what God has emphasis on now for you yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. and one of the things so you know w- contentment is one way to put it one way you put it that's always stuck with me and has been extremely helpful is what's for you is for you yes yes bro that's so believe powerful.
1: that y'all better believe that
0: that's so powerful because what god has for you is for you can't nobody take it can't nobody take it it's set that's what's powerful about it what's for you is for you means what's for you is distinct Yes, yes. What God has for you is uniquely tailored to who you are, and it is not something anyone else will fit. What's for you is a a particular flavor and combination Mm. and path Mm. that no one else can walk. Yes, yes. No one else can embody. Yes. The other part of what's for you is for you, which you just mentioned is... No one can take it away. Nobody can take it away. No one else's success can take it away. They can't. Steal no one it. else's achievement can diminish. They what can't God rob has you of it. you. Yes, yes,
1: yes, yes.
0: So then you can applaud because you're like, they got what's for them. Whew. But I'm still getting what's for me. That's so good. Let's go. And that's what we have to remind ourselves. What's for you is for you. That's good. I hope this frees people. Yeah.
1: Because I think we, we kind of, we, we tap, we tap dance and tiptoe around this topic because we don't want to be seen as, oh, this or that. We're human beings, dynamic human beings. And sometimes we feel like we didn't get, we didn't get what we, what we should have had, but it's great to hear, like, let us be content with what we have and what God has for us is for us and can't be taken away. Um, that's a good reminder. And maybe that'll help us to celebrate each other better. Yes. Love each other more fully, get in relationship too. Cause I think sometimes we we stay away from relationship because we're in competition.
0: <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. And that's we, my that's my enemy. That's my competition. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: so we should get close. Right. Um, maybe there's community there. Hmm. You know, if we hmm. if we see each other as maybe there's as,
0: solidarity.
1: Yeah, as family. Yeah. Um, and not as competitors. Now, so. one
0: thing I will say is we should talk about what's for you is for you, also in the context of injustice. Hmm. So, 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 for instance, I'm thinking of the numerous historical examples of Black people doing the work, but not getting the recognition, not getting right. the access, right. not getting right. the opportunity, right? So, there is a sense in which, yes, God has something uniquely outlined for us, work mm-hmm. outlined for us to do, goals for us to achieve or meet, but... We do live in a fallen and broken world Mm. where people's own selfishness and rebellion can get in the way, can be an obstacle. Mm -hmm. It doesn't actually ultimately mean that it would thwart God's plans, but we can't walk around acting as if we won't face challenges. Mm. Yes. So I just want to say that because there are folks who are perhaps facing some sort of unfair situation, some sort of unjust situation. And when they hear what's for you is for you, but actually I'm being opposed in right, this. Right. That's also true. Yeah. But you can walk forward in courage and in faith. Yeah. He was within you is greater than he was in the world.
1: Yes. And and I, I hope, you know, in all of this that we create This is the reason for the witness. Now, the witness is not, this is what people don't understand. The witness is set up to be a collective of people that can celebrate one another in Mm, community, mm, solidarity, mm. family, kinship, and also opportunity. So that's what the witness is supposed to be. So hopefully we are creating space and room for the people who feel as though they've been forgotten about. Yeah, yeah, And the people who feel as though, I don't know if I can continue this. And we give opportunity out of resources and abundance that God has given to us. That's the hope and the, and the yep. desire. And that we come together to celebrate one another. I see what you're doing. I love it. We need to do it together.
0: Yeah. Or how can we help? Let me add one more thing to make it tangible. I really think the Witness Foundation and the Witness Fellows are a demonstration yes. of this. Yes, yes. So the foundation was created because so often the work of black christian leaders is not sufficiently resourced not sufficiently funded not sufficiently recognized and we could go to the large grant making institutions which are historically white and try to sort of access mm-hmm. what they have um but it wasn't really designed or built for us or our work or anything like that. So we we built our own table and literally yes. raised our own funds. So yes. if folks are thinking about, well, how can I celebrate others? How can I support others? How can I have the spirit of contentment that will actually free me up to be in community and solidarity and the support of others? Go to the witnessfoundation.org. Go and support these fellows and the next cohort of fellows. Yes. Spread the word, tweet about it blog about it email about it let folks know that there's a generation of black christian leaders who haven't gotten the recognition they deserved up till now but we're trying to do something about that and you can be part of it too
1: that's good bro that's good celebrate one another we, we are not in competition we are complementary.